Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. Yep, it must be the offseason because Zach's got laryngitis. Uh, let's go into it. A great show lined up tonight. A brand new segment coming up. Two great interviews and the return of your favorite co-host. It's all straight ahead, but first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. World Series of Asphalt, Stock Car Racing at New Smyrna Speedway. How about Dawson Sutton, the regular at Nashville Fairground Speedway as of Monday night's recording had gone back-to-back in pro late-model racing at New Smyrna. Had never won a World Series race and now went back-to-back. Gus Dean and Gio Ruggiero winners in the Supers. And how about Ron Silk? Last year, snapped a winless streak with the Willen Modifieds and now returns in 24 to get another season-opener win. Dalton Wilson was the send-off for the Winter Nationals at East Bay Raceway Park for the Lucas Oil Late-Model Dirt Series. Never had won with the series before. Got the job done on Saturday night's finale. David Gravel had what it take uh, took rather to win the Gator for the World of Outlaws portion at Volusia Speedway Park. Tyler Nicely, meanwhile, won the Modified Championship at Volusia. And Justin Grant went back-to-back at Ocala Speedway with the USAC Sprint Cars. He now moves to fourth on the all-time wins list. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way with his sunglasses on, his umbrella drink in hand, and his brand new East Bay Raceway Park hat on his head. Rich, welcome back, my friend. Under protest, Zach, under protest. I know, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, I said, uh, buddy, you got to join me tonight. I'm fighting this laryngitis bad. I need some help. So I, I, uh, you tried to play the guilt trip earlier. I played it right back, and now here you are. Yeah, and you don't sound so half bad either, so I think the joke's on you. (laughs) Or on me, I think. I don't know. Well, let's talk about it. You uh, you got to go down to East Bay before they closed, something that I really hoped I would be able to do, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, Wednesday night portion of Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Racing, you were there for. Your thoughts on East Bay and the environment with the Lucas Oil Series? Man, it, it, it's just so awesome. I mean, you can you just walk through there. And and I've never been with – close as I came, you know, for any Lucas Oil drivers was uh, – I think the thaw brawl at LaSalle, I think we were both there. And, and, and a lot of the same drivers came to compete in that American Ethanol Tour event. Uh, I got 2018, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Or, or, yeah, a lot, lot, yeah, a lot like matter. that. 
a lot like that, but um, it's just amazing. Um, I mean, one, some of my takes, just how good has Tyler Herb been all week? Um, he is. He did not have a good season last year. It seemed like he was taking provisional after provisional after provisional. And then uh, you sent him down to East Bay in February, and that best motorsports team just wakes up. And he's been competitive every night, just like Dalton Wilson, you know? I mean, picking up his first – you thought that he was going to win five races this week, did you not? Oh, my goodness. He was there. As strong as he was. Well, and, you know, uh, a lot of them, Garrett Smith, right? You, you thought that that 10 car was going to finally crack through. That 58 machine of Garrett Alberson right on the cusp all week. And then, you know, you did see, right? You saw Superman. You saw Bishop. You saw some of those guys that you expect to see. But, man, Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is going to be tough in 2024 if this is any indication. Yeah, what do they say? Um, out of the first eleven races, eight different winners. I mean, that's a, that says it all. Well, and right six there. nights at East Bay and six different winners that hadn't been done in over a decade. So that was a, right? that was wild too. Uh, pretty impressive. Um, do you get the full effect of how disappointing it is now that you've been there to know that this place is going to go away? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it more. I don't have the long-term connection with it, you know, that a lot of people do going there year after year or make it a vacation spot to plan to go to East Bay for Winter Nationals every year. It was my first trip, and I, I enjoyed the racetrack, and I loved, you know, I, I loved how they raced on it. Um, it would be fast, you know, fast on the bottom, and then they'd move to the top, and then the bottom was bad. And, they'd, and um, you know, it was just like... I. You know, on Wednesday when Tyler Herb won, um, you know, Davenport got out front and drove straight to the bottom while he left the whole top to Herb, who was not scared to use it, right? right? And just drove right by him like he was standing still. And I, you kind of wonder why why Davenport went down there, but maybe his car wasn't set up to be up top. I don't know, but he made the decision twice on a couple of restarts to go down there, and Tyler Herb drove by him both times. So. Right, yep. Well, uh, let's move across the state. Volusia Speedway Park was in action over this week as well, Rich. Uh, they were handing out Gator trophies, and right off the rip, one of the local guys gets it done. Brian Rollman goes to Victory Lane in one of the six feature events that were held uh, to start the week. Rollman, Thomas, Nicely, Ward, Stremmy, and Krupp opened the 53rd Dirt Car Nationals down at Volusia with a win. Um, and then after that, Rich, Guys were doing good, right? Roman was still right there. He had a runner-up finish to boot with that. Um, and then, you know, you look at some of the other guys, uh, Kurt Spaulding, Shannon Fisk, uh, as well as some others that were down there, and you thought, man, these guys are going to have a great week with runner-up finishes. Um, Sorensen, Neville, Cable, Wallace, Medford, Nicely, winners on night three. So I'll go back to night two. Strickler, Barry, Medford, Nicely, Schrader, and Lee on the second night. Night four, Pingerton Moore, Taylor, Sorensen, Schrader again, and Ayers. And you're looking at these results going, man, our guys are doing good. Seconds, fifths, top tens. It's great. And then how about night four? We do it again when Zeke McKenzie busts through and wins a Gator from the pole. Uh, we tried to get to talk to him tonight, but he was still traveling on his way home, so we couldn't talk with him. Uh, Leach, Krupp, Nicely, Stremmy, and Taylor joined McKenzie on that night. And then Kyle Strickler won the championship with Tyler Nicely. Uh, or excuse me, Strickler won the final race with Tyler Nicely winning the championship down in, in Modifiedville. So how about Brian Roman and Zeke McKenzie, Rich? Pretty cool to see the hometown boys representing. Yeah, and it's it's not easy for, for, for our guys to go down there and compete, you know. But those are, I mean, 
Yeah, Brian Roman, Zeke McKenzie, they're two of the best in our region. I mean, Absolutely. hands down, you got to believe, right? So, um, you know, they're pretty. And Kurt Spalding is usually pretty competitive wherever he goes yeah. as well. So um, it's no surprise that when those guys go down there, um, they got a shot at a Gator each and every single night. All right, let's uh, move on in our updates across the land. Back here at home, what's happening? Well, we've had sunshine, Rich, and temperatures above freezing for the past week. And that has given opportunity for continued updates to take place at Owasso Speedway. Uh, today or yesterday, the timeline's a little unclear, they broke ground, Rich, on 19 acres that'll be new pit slabs and new parking at Owasso Speedway as that envision of turning the property kind of around the racetrack starts to unfold where the main seating will be, where the big parking will be, where extended pit spots will be. They broke ground on that uh, again either yesterday or today, Rich, and you can sort of, you can kind of see Rex's vision coming to play now as they start to move some dirt around. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, he, he every time we've talked to him, he said, you know, we had to change some things for this year. We're, we're going to have to delay the the grandstands on the backstretch for just one season, so you're not going to see that. But um, it's coming, you know. And he and he always said that it's it's not we're not not going to do it. Right. Right. He says, we just have we just have to do it, you know, with our plan and our plan has just been adjusted. And you can see they're continuing on with, the, you know, five year plan of of making that place um, a stellar state of the art facility. All right. Moving on. This was kind of breaking news today that we weren't expecting. I don't know if you saw this, Rich, uh, down in Vacationville, but a 2024 schedule was dropped today for I-96 Speedway. 2024 calendar set to begin on Friday, April 19th. And there's a lot of races scheduled on this, Rich. And perhaps the one thing that everybody was wondering about, what do we all wonder about in the state of Michigan at dirt track races? Tires. And what is it going to be? Well, they announced what their tire rule is going to be with a qualifier, Rich. It says, quote, with this year's schedule, we've decided to honor an agreement that was made with two other tracks and start the season with late models, on the American Racer tires. They go on to say, quote, Now we ask that you AR late models support our track and make this work. If we cannot make this work and get the support we need to keep the car count where it is needed to stay on American Racers, we will have to do what is best for I-96 and switch to the UMP Hoosier tire. With that being said, we will support you if you support us. Thank you, and we look forward to a great 2024 season. So, Rich, what does that mean? Well, Nobody really knows how many cars do you need on an American racer tire to consider it successful. And that's the big question mark right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess how many cars are you going to have with each? I don't know. You're going to, that's what it is, Zach. It's just to get, you're trying, it's a, it's a promotional tool to try to get drivers to show up to your racetrack. I mean, obviously that's what it is because if it, if, if he's not getting the car counts, he has the right to change like any promoter does Yeah, or any racetrack. Um, if something's not working, make a change. It just happens to be that this is with the late model class, and it's a more you know outspoken or controversial change that we've been talking about year after year. The other you know, thing that's interesting about this, Rich, is this is a weekly schedule at a track that a lot of people believe is a specials-only type of racetrack due to its size and configuration, uh, 419 GLSS, and in line with that, multiple divisions scheduled each night. Uh, first night, GLSS, IMCA Modifieds, Street Stocks, Pro Stocks, Four Cylinders, and Mini Wedges. Then you return on the 26th, Late Models, IMCA Modified, Street Stocks, Four Cylinders, Pro Stocks, 
and mini wedges. And that theme continues. You return May 3rd, May 10th, May 17th, May 24th, May 31st. They are running weekly at I-96 Speedway with one, two, three, four, five, six divisions scheduled every single night. Your thoughts on that? Um, I've not been secret with my opinions over the past, and they're not going to be secret now. Um, I don't like that many classes. Yeah. Uh, I don't like being at a racetrack at 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't like being at a racetrack at midnight. And if you're, if you're going to be unless, racing. Unless, you, unless you're drinking a beer. Uh, I don't like being at a, yeah, I, we can yeah. qualify that. Yeah, but right, right. I don't like being at any racetrack at midnight. I don't care when it is. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, did they say maybe I missed it? I, I've not seen it, so is it a still a 7.45, 8 o'clock start time? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, grandstand prices on a normal night, $15 for adults, 11 and up. Uh, ages 5 to 10, $5. 4 and under are free. Hot laps will begin at 6.30, qualifying at 7. Drivers meeting at 7.30. And, Rich, races to begin at 8 o'clock. Okay, so you're going to get six divisions done at how long? I think anything over three and a half hours is too much on a Friday night, don't you? Yeah, I don't think you can do six divisions in three and a half hours. If you're getting good car counts. If you're getting good car counts, I think you're right. So that's 8, 9, 10, 11, 30. So even, even on a good night, you're still there till almost midnight. Um, and then add cautions and everything else. And yeah. And if you get really good. And if you get really good. And if you get really good car counts, you got to add consolation races. Yep. So um, I don't, I'm not a fan of six divisions in one night. I think I, anywhere else, my. And it's me, and I'm not a promoter, so I'm, I wouldn't take my word for anything. But I think three or four divisions is just enough for any racetrack in one evening. We've talked about it. Four-in-one shows, three-in-one shows. I saw Gary Lindell comment on something today that said that's why he likes Flat Rock so much. It's a three-in-one program, and you get the heck out of there. And um, you're out of there by 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's a growing discussion among promoters as, uh, you know, people's attention spans change and, the value of their buck and trying to bring family with them. I don't know about this full schedule. Again, don't knock it till you try it, I guess. But I don't know. I, I'm not a fan either right off the bat. No, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I'm not a promoter either, and I could be totally wrong. There might be something I'm missing. But it, one of my things, if, if I was a promoter, one of my no-nos would be to not run five or six different divisions in one night. That would, that would be the first thing I would avoid. Well... April 19th, we'll get to see how it goes. GLSS, IMC Modifieds, Street Stocks, Pro Stocks, Four Cylinders, all scheduled to be there at I-96 Speedway. So I guess I will get to see firsthand how it's going to go uh, there at I-96. And Zach, on the phone lines now, um, I, I can't believe it took us this long because we usually talk to him more than once a year. But he was your Owasso Speedway Outlaw Super Late Model Champion in 2023. Makes his home in Portage, Michigan. Phil Bozell, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, talk about the – you haven't been running for championships lately, and you end up pulling off a track championship last year at Owasso. Um, that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. We uh, we haven't ran for points in, uh, in quite a few years just because uh, we found it taking the fun out of it, being stuck at the same place. But this just so happened to be where it wasn't the same race check every week, and we got to go to some other places even though we were going for this championship. And uh, – just worked out in our favor. Phil, uh, this is a, a situation where you're racing, I guess, technically you get a track championship out of this, but you mentioned it. You got to race other places because when you were racing at Owasso, they were big money, 
big deal events uh, that felt like touring events, just the way that they had that structured this year. That's great, but with it's got to come some added pressure. Um, talk about a race day at Owasso Speedway in 23 and, and kind of went into what went into getting ready for an event so big like that. Um, we go into all the events the same, really. I mean, uh, last year, all of our outlaw races paid very well. Um, and, and we go into a, a normal event wanting to win. So, uh, yeah. nothing really changed in our mindset. It's just, uh, later on in the year there, I, I caught myself actually points racing the last race and. Well, that's what I was going to ask, too. Did you accidentally fall into this points thing? You know, it's a quad coin, well, so it's probably easy to do, or did you go into it thinking there's a lot of money at the end of this? Well, there was. There, I mean, that's always in your thought. I mean, they advertised it, and it was there, but uh, we go to win every race, and that that's going to be who wins the championship, really. If you finish, I mean, my worst finish was seventh. I finished uh, first, second, second, and seventh, so uh, that that's a recipe for a championship right there. <laughs> Phil, talk, talk about that racetrack because everybody, you know, they, they were unsure about what it was going to do from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Um, did you see that, that that new payment started coming to you, or was it about the same every single week? No, it was definitely not the same every week. Uh, it, it was getting racier. Um, it, it did seem pretty temperature-dependent early in the year because, um, as, as we've discussed before, uh, after that one I won – it was almost, it seemed like a dirt track. As the night went on, the track actually got better and got faster, which is unheard of with our cars. So you really had to judge of when you could go and when it was there, especially on the outside group, because it was pretty slippery there early in the year. When's the last time? Like uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. It seemed like on restarts, nobody wanted to be on the outside and everybody car to the bottom. And uh, and when you could get out to the outside and go, you, you, had, to, you had to go with it and, and go hard at it. I was just going to ask, when is the last time that you had to, you mentioned the dirt track mentality, and obviously uh, with your 9 to 5 or your weekly work, you have to know about that. And you're a fan. You go down uh, you know, south some, some years and watch what's going on down there with Speed Weeks. When's the last time you've been on a track that you had to try to keep up with on the asphalt side? That's pretty uncommon for us. That's why it was a, it was a pretty cool deal, actually. Uh, and, and I learned that after the second race there. I started, started rolling the outside late in the race, and I'm like, man, I didn't know it at the time when I was in the car, but we got out and looked at race monitor and our fastest laps of the race were 90 to a hundred. I'm like, that's crazy. And, and then looking back at it, every race was the same way. It got better as the race went on. Temperatures got cooler, more of our rubber. That was another big thing. Uh, the outlaw cars were on 35, 45 tires last year and they didn't have that rubber there every week. So the days that we were there, the more that rubber got put down, the better the cars got, the better track got. So once again, back to the dirt deal. Uh, you can see the line changing here. There, I just watched East Bay. Top was good for twenty laps, then it go to the bottom. That wear off, go to the top. It, it was. It puts another element in, it, and I actually liked it as well. So, and I think we'll have that this year again until the surface gets worn enough. Uh, it, it will be changing for a while. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Is you know, you mentioned it. You guys weren't there every week. You weren't a weekly division, um, but you were there enough to to get a notebook built up. And everybody used to say the old Owasso was great because it had two grooves, and they can't wait for that second groove to come back. Do you think that we're going to see that happen quicker now that it's had a season on it, it's gone through a winter, it's gone through a summer, and it went through a partial winter when it was laid down? Um, what, what do you think we're going to see in 24? Um, that, the winter definitely will help um, even the track out. 
um, get some season on it, get some oil out of the surface. That's the big thing, just getting the oil out of the surface. And that's that's a lot with the temperature dependency. When we get there, the one race we were 95, 96 degrees, and then the last race there, it was, it was 65, 70. So that's a huge deal for the, the pavement temperature to to uh, work on it and uh, here to, to throw another curveball in our situation for next year. We're going to be on a different tire. So uh, the notebook's only going to take you so say, far. You Everybody learns so much notebook? over the winter. You have to throw the notebook we'll out now? No, you don't throw it out. You just add to it. Um, you never throw them out. You can go back to the same old stuff. I mean, you've got your baseline and then you go from there. So uh, we'll start with our baseline for sure, what we had last year and see what we had. It worked fairly well. We know some things we had to work on. Um, obviously the track took more power than we've been used to, um, everywhere we've went the last five, six years, we've been detuning our motors, making them smaller. And now we got to make some more, uh, horsepower to go back to Owasso. So it'll just be another page in the notebook. Are you at a point where you can use everything under the hood right now? At Owasso you can, yes. Oh man. That's gotta. Anywhere else you can. If you're you're (laughs) an engine builder and a horsepower guy, that's got to put a grin on your face, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I did, Tony LeClaire's loving it because he loves horsepower and uh, RPMs. And uh, since we've got together and me and him have hooked up, we've worked really hard on our motor program um, because over here at Kalamazoo Berlin, we were ahead of the curve on the small motor program, I feel. Like we were the first ones to start doing it. And really, I think why it helped us go to flat rocket places like that because those guys weren't quite on the big small motor deal. And we went over there and our small motors really shined and, then we went to Owasso. Even with the old pavement, you couldn't use a super big motor. I mean, my dad won there with a, a teeny little motor uh, a few years ago, and uh, they repaved it. It's a different animal now, so it's it's all you got. Phil, I want to ask you about, we, we had talked to you before the 2023 season, and, and we're, you're really optimistic of where the outlaw class was going, right? Um, kind of let's let's go back and look, not just Owasso, but, you know, you you can go by, like, your whole schedule that you guys ran. Um how did that work out for, for you guys and for the outlaw class? Because I think it was like a resurgence year, wasn't it? It, it really was. I mean, two years ago, we were thinking about selling our outlaws. We actually got some modifies because I thought that's the direction it was going. Um, but uh, everybody stepped up. Uh, Plymouth Plymouth really started the deal a couple years ago when they started uh, their, their progressive pay, and that kind of forced everybody else to up the ante, per se. And, man, the car count showed it. I mean, the payoffs were up, car counts were up, and the racing was awesome. Um, I've heard rumors of numerous new outlaws being built. We're building two brand new ones, me and my dad. So uh, uh, it's, it's really looking good for the outlaw cars, and, and the, the racing and the way things are going, I think it's a, a great thing for them. And I think part of that goes back to not racing the same place every week. It's more of a special, it's more of a dirt late model deal where, where they are premier shows when we go to them i mean we ran 15 or 16 races last year at seven different tracks so that makes it fun exciting all in one and i and i think it helped the car counts all around yeah and what was pretty cool we had we had zach and i in the horsepower happenings we had like a power rankings deal through the outlaw races last season and we and we figured this was going to be um you know we'd have 30 cars that we were ranking and I think on the, on the final list, we had over 70-some outlaw super late models on it, wasn't it? I think, and you mentioned too, Rich, who knew there were that many outlaw late models around the area? And I didn't know there were that many left. And remember, that was only for events held in Michigan. Phil, that right. didn't count the Plymouth and, you know, South Bend and New Paris. That didn't count any of that. So 
there are still cars out there to be run. Oh, they're there for sure. I mean, we had a couple races this last year where we were, we had 40 cars at one race and 20 at another track. So they're there in, uh, on both sides of the fence. I see that you want them all, but, uh, one single racetrack can't keep getting 60 on every night. So yeah. that that's a double-edged sword. And I see both sides of it as a racer and, and the promoter side of things. Um, everybody's got to have their place. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to have 60 at the same place every night because there's going to be so many going home that aren't going to come back if they keep doing it. So exactly. you got to, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but, but the outlaw future is looking bright. That's for sure. And I think, uh, like I said, uh, quite a few new cars being built. I think you're going to see quite a few of the, on, on our side over here, they got this new limited class that you're going to see some of the old super lights or outlaws be repurposed for that class. And, I just think it's a good thing for Circle Track right now around this area. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you: is is as good as 2023 was? Can it be better? Can it be duplicated? Are we still projecting up? Are we leveling out? I mean, where do you think we're at right now with Outlaw Super Late Model Racing? Well, I, I can't say it's going to be worse. That's for sure. I mean, with the new cars being built, um, if, if the numbers are true, I'm hearing anywhere from eight to fifteen new cars being built. Um, some moving around, selling here and there. So I think the car counts are going to be good. And I think one thing that really worked good last year and got to applaud all the promoters for all the tracks, they scheduled around each other. Oh my and they goodness. did a great job of it. How important and, is and that, I got, too? I mean, my Lord, it, it, we talk about 70 cars that race, but they're not all going to race every time. Uh, and, and you can't expect them all to go to, like you just said, you can't expect them all to spread out. People want to go to the big shows. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a huge deal, uh, and they all did a good job of it. A couple of years ago, we had, I think, we talked before there was a race. There was five tracks racing yeah, outlaws the same what, night. Do you remember what that was, Rich? What did we have? Flat Rock, Springport, maybe Kalamazoo. Gosh, I can't remember. And I believe South Bend. Yeah, yeah, yep. It was That was wild. And nobody did yeah, that. Yeah, the high, highest struggled. number was 15 cars. Unreal. And that might, yeah, have been, so they, that they, might have been the learning point, right? Is that, the, is that maybe where everybody said, okay, we got to figure this out or we're all going to die. Yeah, whatever it was, it worked, and the promoters did a good job of it, so my hat's off to them, and I hope they do that same thing this year. The schedule looks strong. Um, seen some, we, we maybe lost a couple at Bertrand. I'm hoping they can get one back there. I don't know what's going on over there, but I really love that place. I hope they can at least get one back over there. But uh, but the 10 to 12 to 14 race mark, that that is that is a good schedule for our season around here. Obviously, we fight the weather. We can't race all year like the dirt guys do down south. But uh, our class around here, I think that's enough. And if we put on good shows, that'll be a great season for the Outlaws. What, what are you What are you looking at, Phil, for twenty twenty four? I mean, uh, is it pretty much the same way, or the same way as as you went last year? Or are you looking to add to it a little bit? No, no, we're gonna. I mean, obviously, uh, we're gonna hit all the big outlaw shows. Um, that that's our plan right now. Uh, looks like we're anywhere from, like I said, ten to fifteen races. Hit all the revealer races, Kalamazoo's uh, races. We'll hit all them, and uh, and I got rid of my modified, so we're gonna have two outlaws, and that's that'll be enough because I got the other uh, cars here that fill the schedule in. Because if we're not racing the boys, uh, they pencil those dates in pretty fast. Got it. Got it. I w- I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. You know, you and your dad probably closer to the end of the year. You're both of your careers than you are to the beginning. Um, talk about these kids you're kind of kind of grooming to, to take over for you guys, or make them winners pretty darn soon. 
Yeah, yeah, they're both uh, they're both wanting to race. Uh, Bryce is going to run his limited and sportsman again this year. Uh, Mason is going to run his front wheel drive full time that we're rebuilding, and he's going to get in the sportsman some. Um, and and it's I said it before, it's fun for me and Dad. We like being in the race shop every night, and and obviously we can't do it forever. He's a little closer to retiring than I am, I think. Um, but there's no doubt that he's not going to slow down. He loves helping the boys. They're out here every weekend, every night. I mean, we're, we're trying to teach them along the way. And uh, this weekend, we were out here Saturday and Sunday all day, every day. And it's just working with them. It's, it's fun. The whole family does it. And hopefully we can do it for years to come. I don't know. I don't know that you're accurate, Phil. They, your dad may retire when they close the box. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, no, he, he's made mention. I mean, he's building a brand new car, but even last year, um, he has nothing to prove. There's, there's, there's nothing that he has to oh, prove. Oh, come on now. 13 sounds a lot better than 12, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but we don't have that chance to go for a championship at Kelvin no more. You're so, right. You're right. Uh, you're exactly right. Even if there was, there's going to be that one weekend where he is going trail riding. He don't care what's racing. So there you go. Hats mm-hmm. off to him for doing that. I mean, we we got a place up north he enjoys. We all enjoy it, but... uh. There's been a couple times where we're getting both cars out. He's like, I just leave mine on Jackson's. We're going fishing. I'm like, perfect. All right. There's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no sense of pushing him. He's still involved. He wants to be involved with it. He's out here every day. It's just, he wants to enjoy some other things and can't blame him for that. You know, uh, the Michigan auto racing fan club, we, we talk about them quite a bit and, uh, their banquet is, is pretty unique, uh, in what they do and the awards that they put out and, and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the folks who's very pivotal, a pivotal on on your team and what they do, um, was honored during that banquet here. Uh, just, gosh, what's it been? Maybe a month ago. Um, talk about that. I mean, obviously, you know, they help you, but you guys make them look good. Vice versa, you both make each other look good. Um, how cool was that to see that? That was pretty awesome, actually, uh, Uncle Ron who's my uncle through marriage. That's my wife's uncle. Uh, and it's, once again, it's a family thing for them. They've grown up doing it. Um, my father-in-law has raced at Owasso many, many, many years. He's won a lot of championships and races over there. The old red two car. That's how me and my wife met at the races. And, uh, man, he, he is, you don't find too many people. I consider myself pretty crazy. I got the circle sickness, but uncle Ron is just as hardcore as I am. Uh, he's helped other people along the way. He's helped Sexton's and, we just got a good mesh going right now, and he loves coming down here. He drives like 45 minutes to an hour every night, come down and work on us, and works on my car, dad's car. He doesn't matter what he does. And uh, it was cool to see him get some recognition. He's really helped our program as far as organization and some notes and making sure everything's done. He brings lists down for every car, and uh, it's it's really helped me and dad be able to do what we're doing. And uh, like, like he said at the banquet, me and him squabble all the time, but it's more like a father-son fighting relationship but we love it we got our own little language do our little hand signals at the racetrack and it's just it's just a great deal i i we couldn't do what we do without him uh, it's, it's awesome and, and we got a bunch of other guys that help out it's just pretty cool all right i'm going to change gears here a little bit um you know for those who don't know phil uh you you have a nine to five and i know it extends past nine to five um you're heavily involved with uh, sweet manufacturing and um, we don't need to go into all the details on what it is exactly that you do there unless you want to, but sweet manufacturing, obviously, uh, you know, in the industry, you guys have a big job to do and that's keep up and be ahead on innovation and the latest and greatest in technology and, 
Rich, you know this. When we talk to guys like like Greg Dahlman and um, you know Dustin Daggett and then Andy Bozell and these guys, you know Brian Campbell's another one I think of who've been in the sport a long time. Phil, we talk to them about as a driver, how do you keep up with technology? But man, as a manufacturer of these parts and of these pieces, um, take me behind the scenes a little bit. What's it like for you guys who? are kind of the trailblazers on having to come up with the latest and greatest speed product uh, that these guys are going to want and be able to use. How does that work? Yeah, as a, as a manufacturer, it's probably even harder than a racer because a racer only has to worry about their their part of their class, I guess, per se, where we got to worry about every class. Um, dirt lane miles, street stock, sprint cars, we're, we're trying to be in all of it. And in some of it, we're we're better than others. Uh, we're trying to get more into the sprint market. Some of the 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 not stuff that we're used to, dirt late models and circle track stuff around here has been our mainstay. But uh, it, it's tough. You got to be involved. You got to have good people. Um, obviously, we uh, we do a bunch of testing our products before we start selling things. We test things, and uh, Randy was way ahead of his time in in making things. And uh, we're just trying to keep that going as he was. He was so smart with doing what needed to be done next. And he surrounded himself with great people. He'd let people test the product that I've seen numerous products drawn on a napkin or in the dirt at the racetrack. And then it was manufactured the next week, but tested before it got put out to the public. So that, that's a big way of doing it. you got to test all that behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Is, we is... still do that to today. That's how you got to do it. Well, and, you know, people you like to talk about, um, you know, obviously Randy and, and the foundation that he laid with this company, but then they talk about, um, you know, how and other names that they throw around that, man, you, you'd never believe the stuff that they would do to a race car that, uh, you know, now we're still using it today. Now, Phil, right, there's, there's groups of minds built like that, like the hows and the sweets, there's groups, there's people sitting at tables with those same exact minds going, how do we make that faster? And that, to me, is just cool. Oh, it is, it is. And, and on the flip side of that, some of those things that they designed 20, 30, 35 years ago are still a mainstay. So it's impressive that they thought of it back then, before all the computer drawings and testing. I mean, you could build a product and do it through testing before you even build one nowadays on computer simulation and uh, material testing, and it's, it's pretty cool that they were that far ahead of the curve. I mean, I've heard stories of Randy going to the junkyard and ripping off 10 different power steering systems to see what he could do to make the best one. And it goes, like you said, Ed Howe. I mean, Johnny Benson. Johnny Benson Sr. made some of these things. It's it's cool to see what they did, but it's even cooler to see people want to continue that, and that's what we're doing. I mean, we, we, we sit around and try to do the best things we can, um, we, we strive ourselves at trying to use the best material and that's back to your thing. That's one of my things I do. I'm a purchaser at Sweets. I purchase all the material and everything and trying to keep up with the quality standards of, of what's going on in the world today with pricing and material issues. And that's a, that's another thing that we try to keep on front of, of use the best material and, uh, try to keep the cost on as much as we can and still maintain that quality. Don't envy you because if something fails, you're the first door they're knocking on, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. We hear it, and that's that's part of that behind-the-scenes testing because you don't want that knocking on the door. You want that guy helping you that test it and find that out beforehand. So uh, that's a huge deal. Um, 
we do a bunch of testing. Uh, we got a bunch of people that we uh, sponsor products to behind the scenes that test our stuff, and that's what Randy's kind of built his motto on, and we, we try to carry that on. And uh, yeah, it, it's not a it's not an easy task, um, especially coming up with the new new products. Because if you don't, the next guy's gonna, and uh, and that's uh, always on the front of our mind. That's for sure. Phil, I got to ask you. You know, we 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 touched on twelve time, and when he's thinking about putting the helmet up, I mean. Let's be real here. You've won about everything around that you can win, too. How, how much longer do you want to do this? I don't know. Um, I still enjoy doing it. But, like, I've always said this to everybody. I, I enjoy the working on them probably more than the driving them do myself. I like working in the garage, tinkering with things like that. and uh, I got a few years left, that's for sure. Um, but I also can already see myself... Uh, want to enjoy some of the other things too so uh if we can live that through the boys and uh still have fun doing it it might not be too long i don't know we'll see how things go phil it's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you and this is the time of year where man you got to be ramping up right i mean whether it's at sweet or at your own shop with things going on this is a fun exciting stressful time of year because right now everybody's either comfortable or they're stressed out because guess what in like 14 15 days it's march and now the clock is really ticking um so this is a this is a fun time of year and i'm sure you guys are enjoying it too yeah i can tell you i'm not comfortable that's for sure we're stressed <laughs> out. Uh, between the two race cars sitting here that don't have some parts bolted on them um that we're building ourselves uh work obviously like you said that's busier than it ever has been uh, my kids they keep me busy with not just the racing my daughter is a three-sport athlete uh, gymnastics, volleyball, softball. She she is six days a week doing something. She only gets one day a week off. Um, Bryce wrestling right now. Bryce and Mason are both wrestling, so that's a three day a week there you go. ordeal. And uh, and the rest of my time is spent in the shop right here. I can tell you that. Wow, good stuff, man. Phil, uh, you're you're one of those guys, right? You're dedicated to our sport. We need more people like you, and uh, appreciate what you guys do at Sweet and uh, what what you do for our industry, man. Being one of those guys that keeps the Outlaw Super Late Models going, we appreciate it and love to watch it. Can't wait to see you back on the track here in 2024. Who knows? Maybe trying to defend that track championship at Owasso. Phil, always great to talk with you. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. Well, Rich, now it's time to bring in our third wheel for the first time in Season 6, the first time we've ever done something like this, and it was kind of his idea um, from Lima, Ohio, but on his way down to East Bay Raceway Park. Would you please welcome uh, Max Stambaugh? Max, welcome in, my friend. Zach, I'm, uh, I'm I'm getting excited. I'm glad to do this. So, yeah. Welcome to the first Mad Max moment on Horsepower Happenings. Rich, uh, I don't know if this is going to open the door to you retiring at some point, but here we are. Max said that. Oh, I sure, I sure, hell the, sure the hell hope so. <laughs> Max, you got to be very successful, okay? This is going to be break or, make or break on my retirement and how soon that happens, all right? Um. My pressure's on. Max, talk on to you. me. It's all on you, man. Max, uh, you pulled me aside and you said, dude, I got an idea, and I want it to be on your platform. Um, why Why now? What? Where did this come from that you wanted to get more involved on, on this end of the sport? Um, obviously, a lot of alcohol that night. But, um, <laughs> you talked I about think... it other times, too. Don't lie to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I've actually always liked the announcing side and um, maybe get like a different insight from different racers from another racer 
Um, so I, ju I just thought it would be something cool. You know, I think this might take off a little bit if we do it the right way and just, you know, see what happens. And you have a different perspective. Rich and I are both former drivers, but we've never driven a sprint car. And that's pretty much the only thing that you have ever done. And so you're going to talk to the same people that are doing the same thing that you do every weekend. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of friends, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of competitors, which will make it cool too, because a lot of these guys, you know, you you know, I race with through the years. So I think it's it's actually going to be pretty cool. I think once we get going and get a idea of what we want to do. Well, I said, uh, who do you want to talk to out of the gate? And you didn't hesitate at all. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you introduce our first guest for the Mad Max moment. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, you know, first guy up on the on the tab for this deal, you know, if it's the it's the Michigan's people's champ, it's it's Greg Dahlman. Greg, uh, you know, what's going on, man? No, not much, guys. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm on my way to Florida. I know you're down in Florida. Uh, I got Steve driving the toter right now. I'm second shift. So, uh, what? How, how's Florida going? How was Volusia? Volusia was good, real good. Uh, it was cold there first night, but other than that, I mean, it was a packed house the Saturday night there, biggest crowd ever, which was fantastic. Racing was real great Friday night, so I mean, it's been it's been a good week. Yeah, so like, um, you know, like me and Zach kind of talked a little bit. Um, you know, we'll, I got like some questions I want to ask you, and I'll jump right in on it. You know, uh, you know, off season, uh, off season two thousand twenty three. You know. What's shaping up for you? What's your expectations? Let's let's get right into it. Tell us where you're at. Yeah, well, we're getting uh, things around, getting our uh, other car around, and uh, getting things put back together. Once I get back to Michigan, we'll get it all set, and then we'll be uh, up and rolling. But uh, uh, hopefully, a better uh, season than last. 2023 was it was you know it was our 25th season, but it was the worst season we've had. So. Hopefully we can uh, turn things around and uh, get back after it. You you text I texted you asking you to do this, and I jokingly made a remark about uh, you know you you should be happy that Max still thinks you're competitive enough to do this thing, and you took me seriously and you said we are gonna come out guns a blazing in 2024. Um, talk about how I mean 24 races, two top fives, 11 top tens on my race pass last year. That's rough for you, Greg, based on your standards. How do you use that? as fuel and motivation uh, for you and Keegan to, to get 2024 figured out? It just beats you up. It beats you down. Your your confidence level and everything goes, just gets beat, you know, feel like you just got hit with a baseball bat, you know, and especially I think, I don't even know what our average finish was, like 11.2 or whatever the hell it was. And it's just like, yeah, we've never had a season like that. Just, but, you know, you just, you keep powering through it, you, you know, because you got to figure things out. You can't quit. And not figure out what what was the you know plaguing you. We had several things plaguing us last year, so and we figured them out, you know. And hopefully, we come out of the box uh, a hell of a lot better than we was <laughs> at the end of the year. And Greg, you know, I mean, you don't have any doubts, right? You can, I mean, you've been doing this a while, but you can still wheel a race car. You have no doubt in your mind. Yeah, no, I, that's that's not even a factor. I mean. I mean, it just was, we've talked about it, and I've even asked a couple of my competitors, you know, and they said, "Hell no, you still get you still up on the wheel." So, well, and, you know, and how much of that, that was how much of that was equipment? I mean, we talked before; you kind of been bouncing back and forth, a couple of different chassis. I mean, you yard sailed one at Crystal, um, maybe that was the year before, but regardless, um, you know, how much of that do you think was equipment that you were just chasing all year? 
Uh, I mean, the new the new chassis we did chase a little bit, but I don't. I think we had other things plaguing us, and um, probably me being a little bit stubborn on as far as the setups and the weight, you know, where the, uh, the ride heights, jacking the weight, stuff like that. Uh, I think with that new tire, it threw us for a loop, and uh, us especially, you know, worse than anybody else, I think, in the group, but. So, I mean, I think we got it figured out. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident that uh, we'll be right there. Yeah, so, you know, like you said, the struggles of racing, you know, like I'll go to the other end of it, kind of maybe go with, uh, you know, what Rich said is you you are a champion. You, you've won many races. Um, you know, let, let's talk about that being – being a two-time, you know, sprint car champion, uh, you know, a winner of the Full Throttle National, the I-96, you know, you, you put yourself in posi- uh, position to, you know, um, you know, you run up front a lot more than last year. I think, personally, you're going to be a lot better. W- what's it going to take for you to, you know, to get on top? I think just to come right out of the box, as far as the confidence, I mean, you know, to build the momentum, uh right out of the box right at uh we're, we're going to start at i-96 uh we won't be at uh waynesfield but i think we'll, if we can run those first two nights or, you know right out of the box and get some momentum going i think that should carry us you know into the next weekend and keep just building off of that that's what so, that's what we're shooting for so it's 2022 i think the second week of may heiser's on the mic screaming at i-96 the track's a little slick I'm on the top. I don't think I lifted three times the whole race. Oh, I remember this race. This is a hell of a race. Yeah. The 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 49T goes around me on the bottom, maybe going 35, 40 mile an hour. Um, Greg, what's going through your head the last couple laps? You watched me bonsai, and I and I finally took care of myself. But uh, what what a race between me and you. That probably goes down as one of my favorites. Yeah, it was. And, and be honest with you, it just kept plugging along. I knew we were good, you know, at the start. And we just kept plugging along on the bottom, picking people off. And I'm thinking, okay. And then I seen you up there, you know, getting first. And then we got by you, and I'm like, shit, he's going to be coming somewhere, you know. And I kept thinking that he's coming. And then you did get me on that restart. And then I thought, okay, well, just hit your marks, keep hitting your marks. And then, uh, you know, second's pretty damn good here, you know. So <laughs> that's what we were. I was thinking after that, after you blew by me, and I'm thinking, well, shit, we can, we'll run second. Let's just get our shit back together and, and get back in the, you know, the groove of things. And then we ended up catching you, and I'm like, well, it's, it's game on now. Yeah. So. Well, and Greg, I was going to ask you, I too. Did, you, 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 you I usually... see you slip off of one and two, and I knew that was my that was my spot. Well, and I was going to say, usually, you know, whether it's Max or, you know, Danny Sams is one that I think of that's really good there, Dustin and Jared. Um, yeah. Usually when you pass somebody on the outside in that way, you start to pull away. Um, and I've asked you about this before, man, and I think it's just your experience. That discipline to know that you're you're good on the bottom, your car's good on the bottom, uh, just to stick with it and not to fold and go up top and see what that was made of. How hard is it to make that decision? I mean, it's real hard. I mean, be honest with you, you hear the, the guys up there buzzing it, buzzing it and going and coming. You know, like I said, when, once Max passed me up top there, I just knew – hit my marks you know i mean i think you got to be really disciplined really patient and it works out ask max he he, he ran the, the my line last year all year so i mean that tells you i mean he's 
he knows how patient you got to be. I mean, you got guys up there buzzing by and stuff. I mean, once you get like you know two guys, three guys buzz by, then you got to start Max, making some moves. I you think of start, East Bay, you know, right? Twenty twenty three East yeah. Bay. You know how much throttle control and discipline <laughs> you had to have for that, right? Was old Greg Dahlman in your ear during that race or what? Come on now. Ah, uh, he, he's usually good for a couple text messages through the week. You know, we we are truck drivers, so not only that week, but we do talk very often. And you know what's pretty? You know what's pretty cool, guys. If you want to hear Heiser's call to the finish of that race, Max, when you went over the edge and Greg Dolan wins, you have to listen to the intro of every Horsepower Happenings episode <laughs> yeah, in the last two years because it is on there. It Zach's there. call to the finish. The way it starts, Max, I thought you had it, and all of a sudden, Craig Dahlman wins. Yeah. It was, I thought that was fantastic. One one up top, one on the bottom. That's the way sprint car racing is, right? Yeah, and it is. You know, another thing, Greg, I wanted to hit on was, you know, how cool is it to be racing with your son, Keegan? And, you know, I know Ty goes with you, too. Um, that's something I would probably envy of you is – uh, I think the relationship you have with your boys and your racing is, is you know, definitely one of, one of the best things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ty there, and then we got the Jack fills in when he isn't running his modified, my nephew there. And, yeah, it's it's been a family deal, and, and to race with those guys, and they're being so much younger, so they kind of keep me young and keep me in the loop and stuff. Yeah, but it, it's, it's special. I mean, uh, you know, I got, uh, like I said, Lori's with us. Too, and, and it's, it's kind of like a family deal and it, it does work out and, it, and uh, I don't know I, I think it's pretty special and I guess that's what keeps me uh, rolling up and down the freeways uh, year after year I can remember Thunderbird Raceway you snapped a streak Greg and uh, Keegan and Lori were down there in Victory Lane and there wasn't a dry eye in the house and to Max's point you just really see everybody's dedication behind you and everybody's faith in you and um to have that support from your family like that, man, what is that like? That's uh, just awesome. I mean, these guys, <laughs> you know, they give the, they give up a lot. So, but yeah, it's 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 uh it's very special. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I guess the the next question is how many how many more years does the bulldog have left? You know, uh, you're fifty some years old. I can promise you, Mad Max won't be racing a sprint car at fifty. I'll be on a boat drinking a lot of beer, but Let's figure it out, Greg. Uh, you, you got two, three years. You got five. You got one. Where, where's your head at? I don't know. We if we rock it out this year, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave out on top. I mean that that's for sure. I mean, if not this year, next year. I mean, we're gonna be there. I mean, one of these years, we're gonna get back up on top. Hopefully, it's this year coming up, and then you know, I won't be like Tom Brady and walk away loser. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be up Ouch. on top that way when I walk away that. That, that uh, you know, I know I give it all I had, and that was good enough. And you, you, you guys know, all know me as a, a competitor that, you know, what it takes to compete with this group we got going on right now. I mean, it's 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 the toughest deal right now. It's one, I mean, there's 10 guys can win any, any given night. And, uh, I mean, you know for sure. I mean, you had four wins. You probably wanted to help a lot more than that. But uh, <clears throat> you know how it is. And Greg, it's, I mean, and Max is going to make sure you don't go out on top because that's his job, right? Right, right. That's what, that's what you know, the friendship, you know, kind of ends when we put that in. So, Greg, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, nah, I mean, it, it. like I said, I got a few more years in me still. I mean, I, I feel I'm still, I still got it. I mean, if I didn't, I, I knew it's time to get out and walk away. I mean, Keegan's pretty honest with me, you know, I mean, as far as things, I mean, and people are too, you know, if it, if it was me and it wasn't some of the things we've been chasing, I would have probably walked away at the end of last year. Yeah, and, and here's something else I want to think about, Greg, is, you know, Max is, I would say, probably still in, I don't know, Max, what do you think, the middle of your career, if you're being honest? Do you think you're in the middle of your career? Yep. Yeah, I would say I'm in, uh, you know, right in the middle of my career right now. So, Greg, you look back in the 90s when you started this whole thing. Now you're in 2024. How hard is it to think, because when you start racing, you never think about when it's going to end. And, you know, you want to have that control to be able to end on your terms, and some people don't get that opportunity. Is it difficult to think about that? Uh, when when you're going to pull the plug and, and decide that you're just going to drink beer in the stands or help somebody a younger driver or something like that in in the pits is it hard to think about? Yeah, I've I've actually been you know the long drives homes at night. You think you think about it and you're thinking like hell I've done this for 25 years. What the hell am I going to do? You know when I walk away. You know when this all stops. What am I going to do? Because this is all I ever known really. So it's just it's you just. You, you kind of don't want to see it, but the light's at the end of the tunnel. I think uh, as a as a truck driver with you, I can agree, you know, the long days on the road. And you, some nights you come home from the races, you know, and, I, and there's nights me and you've even talked, Greg, and we, we're just like, we're done. You know, we, we don't even want to do this anymore. And then the next week you'll you'll run third or fourth. And, you know, then Greg's like, oh, I'm doing pretty good again. You know, I'm, I'm going to be all right. So... The highs and lows of racing, Greg. It's just, it's it's good. Oh, yeah. Your your name is good in racing, and um, it's it's something that will always go down. You know, you're with Daggett, and, and the people that are well respected. Yeah, yeah. I've got some. You know, like I said, our competitors are. We've got a, a class A group, is the way I look at it. Well, fellas. I think that is going to just about bring us to the end of uh, the Mad Max moment. Max, any final thoughts for Greg here before we send you on your way the rest of the way to East Bay? No, I think uh, I think Greg might come check me out Thursday night. He said if, if uh, his vacation time allows, that's probably up to Lori. We'll let Lori decide that one. But uh, if not, Greg, I'll see you in a couple weeks driving truck, and life will be normal again. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna enjoy. I'm probably going to the hot tub after I get done with this call, boys. With oh, a few beers, so all right, all right. Well, you better have one for. <laughs> let's see if you have one for me. You have one for Max, and you have one for Rich. Have one for yourself. One for Keegan. Boy, you're gonna have a good night, Greg. Yes, it's nice and warm <laughs> down here right now, so I got to take advantage of it. Greg, thanks for being the first guest on the Mad Max moment, man. We're looking forward to seeing you guys back on the track here very soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Rich, what do you say? Time for a nightcap on uh, what's been a fun Season 6, Episode 2, where we've debuted some new things. And uh, new things on the horizon for this next driver. Makes his home in Sawyer, Michigan. Just wrapped up uh, a couple of months ago a back-to-back Midwest Classic Racers uh, MCR Dwarfs Championship out of Sawyer, Michigan. It's Matt Kemp. Matt, welcome to the program. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. I tell you, uh, I'm going to nickname you. I don't get to announce your races, but uh, Matt T. Bell Kemp, 
or Matt Five Layer Kemp. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna, which one we're gonna go with, but it's got to be something like that. You are ultra yeah, macho man. The macho man. The, 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 the macho man. You are so consistent, and we've talked about this before. If there's, you even put a post on Matt Kemp Racing. If there's something to celebrate, you know where we can find us, uh, where you can find us. How in the hell did the Taco Bell thing start? Well, that whole Taco Bell thing started after I won my first ever feature event back in 2013. At this point, that's over a decade ago now, which Ouch. is hard to believe. Yeah, but, you didn't uh, have to put it like that. That hurts. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it either, uh, if that's any uh, indication. But, man, it's uh, after I won my first race, I always loved Taco Bell. And um, I was like, well, we'll make a Taco Bell stop to celebrate. And we got a picture posted on social media and uh, got a bunch of uh, follows for that. And everybody liked it so ever since then i've uh, i've posted pictures online after i've i've been fortunate enough to find victory lane you know I, when i think of uh, mcr dwarfs uh, i automatically think of you you've been kind of the face of the series um you know the last couple of seasons last year seven feature wins or excuse me seven features three wins six top five seven top tens and that's uh, on the stats based out of my race pass um this was not a give me year as a matter of fact uh, i believe this was the season matt where you, to keep yourself in championship contention, drove to a racetrack, took a picture of your truck, trailer, and race car on the property, and then left in an in an, an effort to get show up points. Is that correct? Well, that was that was definitely the intention at that point. I, I don't think I would have done it if the track was over. I don't know, probably an hour and a half or more away. But it was it was a half hour from the house. I was like. If I go and I get the picture, technically the rule book says if you show up and pay your start money, you get 10 points. And so I was like, well, kind of a last-ditch effort. We had a pretty awesome opportunity to go run an ARCA race on that day. So I was like, obviously, I guess I kind of have to miss this, even though we're the points leader. Uh, so I went out there, got my picture. Um, you know, I wasn't real sure about doing it, but I was like, ah, we'll do it. I mean, we, it's I mean, it's a gray area, right? I mean, that's what we do. We're race car drivers. We find the gray area. Um, yeah, right for sure how did that go i mean did you get your 10 bonus points or whatever for showing up or no i did yeah i really? did we were, we were fortunate enough actually to come back and ended up winning the championship by 19 so i was i was glad we could win it by more than 10 so that that wasn't an asterisk later on now is there a matt kemp rule in the book that says you have to unload and and be on the track or i mean because you guys mcr works as a club and eric hoffman is uh you know the owner or promoter of that club um, and you guys kind of all work together to set your rules so that anybody who's a part of this uh, and drives as a part of this is, 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 for the most part, knows what's going on and uniformly happy. Did anybody kind of balk at this and say, okay, we need to look at this again? Yeah, a few people did, but, um, you know, yeah, I talked to Eric about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit, but uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I actually, I get, I care a lot about the the integrity of the series and the health of the series and the sport overall. So, um, you know, I definitely was thinking twice about doing it, but I'm like, you know, what, I think, I think we're okay here to, to do this. And I talked to Eric about it and he was like, Oh, we had, we used to have guys do that back in the day, you know, and, who had done that before. So it's like, I wasn't the first one to do it. I'm just maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the first, uh, lately. So, uh, just happened to be that we were the points leader going in. So, uh, kind of decided that, uh, that's what we're doing. So it worked out. Matt, you, you touched on it. You know, you, you're starting to dabble now in this Arkham Menard series. Um, obviously, that's not going to be a full-time thing yet, but uh, how, long, how, how much longer do you want to run in the dwarf cars? 
Well, I'll run on the dwarf cars forever. I, I love them. Um, but, you know, just kind of with the way my life's been going lately uh, and, you know, how crazy life can be, I actually, towards the end of last year, I was really seriously considering uh, selling the car uh, and just taking more time personally to to do different things. But um, needless to say, that didn't quite work out that way, and we're running a little bit this year uh, at least. I don't think we'll be full-time. I'm pretty committed to part-time in that. But, um, you know, and I love love the dwarf cars to death, but I definitely want to start doing some more ARCA stuff. I've been working my tail off to try to find partners to go and do that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'll run, I'll run dwarfs forever if I have the opportunity for sure. So I got to ask you, and maybe you can make this official to everybody, um, and then you'll know why. Are you a Kyle Larson fan? Well, uh, honestly, I, it's it's that's kind of got an asterisk next to it too. But yeah, I I, I you know I tend to enjoy his driving and, and watching everything that he does. It's pretty incredible to me as well. And a lot of anybody who goes to a racetrack and sees you, uh, there's an off, there's a more than just a casual resemblance to your car. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty egregious, isn't it? <laughs> What's the background on that? Why? Why? I mean, you said kind of an asterisk next to it. Is is it not because of Kyle Larson? Is it because of something else? Yeah. So back in the day, uh, my first ever—I'll have to send you a picture of it at some point. But my first ever race car, I actually used iRacing to design it, um, and it was like blue with red pinstripes and had a white pinstripe in between. So wait a minute. Was I this the mini cup? Up. Was this the mini cup? this was i've seen this car i have seen this picture. yeah yep so this this paint scheme actually came from iRacing. you know part of it did at least the pinstripe down the, the middle of the hood and the roof all the way to to the back i actually added a little little section on the side and it's kind of it looks almost exactly like the kyle larson paint scheme now that uh, that he runs the ricky hendrick throwback that he runs um it almost kind of looks like an inverted version of that so it just kind of worked out perfect when Whenever that paint scheme came around, it was the five. It was just like, yeah, it's a no-brainer that I got to run this paint scheme. We've talked to you in the past. Uh, I, I'm 90% sure it was about the same time last year. Um, you know, as you were crowned the the champion of the MCR Dwarf Cars, and you know, we point blank asked you. You get opportunity. You know, money talks, but I think that driving has a lot has a lot to do with it. Still, you get opportunities to run Arca, but yet you choose to stay in these Dwarf Cars. Um, and you kind of said that it, it really fits your budget quite well to run the dwarf cars, um, but you're still on Hoosier racing tires. You're still running built racing engines on on spec tube chassis with uh, you know with with you know uh, template matching bodies. To me, there's still got to be a, a level of cost involved with this thing that you had to have at some point thought about going what I'm going to call big car racing. Not that what you guys do isn't fast, competitive, and, and enjoyable to watch, but it's a, just a different style of racing and a different you know type of racing that a lot of people aren't accustomed to. Have you ever had that consideration? I mean, I know that you have, a, uh, I, I believe, a mutual friend uh, in Jaden who res races Outlaw Super Late Models, and uh, you know, you've got a lot of connections with other people who do a lot of other things in the sport. Has there ever been consideration to do something different? Yeah, there definitely has been, and it's definitely an interesting point for me. Um, I definitely would love to to go and run something, and uh, I've had uh, had conversations about renting some stuff before. But you know, it, it, in this sport, I don't know if anybody expects to be, uh, uh, you know, if if anyone expects someone to come up to them and offer them a ride. 
it's <laughs> probably it's not really something that happens i feel like that's kind of a misconception nowadays uh, you really i mean if you want to do anything no one's going to give you anything right that's something i've i've come to learn and um you know that's that's all right you and know, it's you almost backwards it. now right matt i mean you gotta have money first and talent second I would say so, yeah. And if you uh, if you do get it, that's kind of one of the hardest parts of, of what I'm trying to do with the ARCA deal is I really, like, I don't have much business being there, but we've been able to just just fortunately, you know, put deals together that have gotten us, and Andy's helped me a lot and um, just given me some amazing opportunities and put some faith in me to, to be able to bring his cars back home and in one piece. But uh, if I'd have gone out there and, you know, hit something, I mean, it's, I'm in a rough spot, man. I don't know if I can afford to fix it. So I got to really put a lot of faith in myself as well to not, uh, to not put it in the fence. Let's back up a little bit for refresh our memory, refresh the listener's memory and take a trip down memory lane. The first opportunity for you to get behind the wheel of an ARCA car comes up and you obviously get a significant amount of support from new sponsors, current sponsors, old sponsors to make this happen. Um, how do you and Andy get connected? How do you get this opportunity to uh, make an ARCA start? Well, interestingly enough, so I've actually been, I actually went to uh, Lake Michigan College to get my associate's degree, and then I went to Siena Heights University to finish out my bachelor's. Go Saints. Uh, in marketing and uh, in ultimately business administration, but uh, marketing was a big part of that. And, uh, yep, go, go Saints, I agree. <laughs> um so through that, I've actually been working on marketing decks for years because I knew, you know, with my financial position, I'm not somebody who was born into racing, born in a racing family. So I don't, I don't, you know, I wasn't born with the connections. I wasn't born with the money. I'm, I'm not a likely stance for uh, someone to make it to this level. So I consider myself pretty fortunate to be where I am. But uh, I really love Flat Rock, as you guys know. Last time I was on here, I was talking to you about how uh, we won our, I believe it was my second one at the time. We're at five in a row now, fortunately. And if if Fortunately, if I can put together the Flat Rock race for the ARCA deal, we'll be going into that having won the last five, um, at least in the Dwarf car. So, uh, no, I mean, basically, last year I, I gave Andy a call because I talked to Morgan Morgan Baird, if you guys are familiar with him. He's run Michigan International Speedway, the ARCA race there, for probably the past seven years and put together some really amazing runs, fin finished sixth, actually. He's a super underrated guy. Hopefully he gets some opportunities coming up, but... Uh, talked to him a little bit. He's like, man, just, just give him a call, see what he can do. And maybe you guys can work something out. So, so I did, I, I gave Andy a call and just called the number and on fast track racing. And, um, you know, Andy called me back and was like, we'll, we'll try to work something out. So, uh, and that was for the fly rock race last year. That's the one I was really interested in and, uh, really started hardcore pursuing the ARCA deal when I knew that ARCA was going back to fly rock, but, Basically, uh, that one we were just a little too late to, to put that one together, but everything came to, together for Berlin. And man, it is crazy to think about where we've ended up since then. Well, and so yeah, that kind of kicked the door open for you. You ran Berlin, and I think we all kind of thought that was going to be a really fun, cool one-off thing. And then all of a sudden, you're leaving uh, commitments in another part of the country and hightailing it to was it Kansas? Yeah, yeah. So I actually worked at the IMCA Super Nationals the few days before the Kansas race during the week and then shot straight down to Kansas on Friday to do that little bit of a deal for him there and actually ran a little bit at, at Iowa, too. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and how does that, that? I mean, usually these races, Rich, you know this, 
they're scheduled out, man. They're it's it's you got a contract. You're going to run five races for me this year. You're going to run the other four. You're going to do two starting parks, and all of a sudden your phone rings and it's Andy. What I mean, talk, take me through that. Yeah, well, I actually missed the call both times, and I saw a voicemail. I'm like, uh oh, what did I do? Uh, so I, I uh, yeah, you're thinking crash cause they found a, a spun bearing <laughs> or or something like that, right? Right, exactly. I'm like, oh boy, I screwed something up somehow. But uh, no, he get, was giving me a call and asking if I uh, had an opportunity maybe to come out to, to Kansas or to Iowa to help them out a little bit. And uh, fortunately, we were able to do that. And man, it was so cool. You know, Andy's team, Fast Track Racing, they're not Venturini Motorsports. Uh, they're, they're not Roush Racing. They're not huge contenders in the Arkham Menard series. But they're a start. And where I'm going with this is, Matt, you're competitive. You're a two-time defending champion of the Dwarf Car Series. Three feature wins, six top five, seven top tens, and seven races. How hard is it to do all of this, gather all of this money, uh, take all this time, and then 15, 25, 50, 75 laps into a race, hear the radio chirp up and say, okay, Matt, uh, it's time to bring it in. And I know a lot of that is money-based in the contract that you sign, how many tires you buy, how much fuel you buy. But how hard is it, or is it even hard because you're ecstatic with the opportunity that you've been given? For sure. You know, somewhere like Berlin, if it's a mechanical deal, then it's kind of disappointing. But then if you go somewhere like Kansas and you're expected to run a certain amount, then it's like, you know, for me, I'm just grateful to be there because I honestly, I never in my life expected to ever have an opportunity to be at this point. And I'm just, just honestly grateful to be there. And whatever they need, I'm willing to, to do that and to take care of take care of their equipment and do the best job I can do. And, and hopefully it leads to more. But um, ultimately, I'm just trying to make the most of it while I'm there. Is there That's a, really the biggest thing. Is there a roadmap in your mind? And you know this better than Rich or I do because you're living it. You're working the system right now. You're, 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 you know, you're pounding the streets. Is there a roadmap to go from Starton Park to start and run at the back for all the race and then, you know, qualify and, and be in contention for top tens. I mean, is, is there a roadmap that you see that has you doing this more often? Yeah. Taco Bell has to answer the phone, right, Matt? Exactly. Yeah, That's no what I'm kidding. saying. I'm telling you. There you go. It's easy. No, I know. But, uh, honestly, I, I feel like there really isn't a roadmap. I, I feel like I've got a big old plow truck and I'm plowing the road right now because, um, like I said, I, I wasn't really born into any kind of avenue, and I am where I am because I because this is where I want to be. And uh, ultimately, the ARCA thing right now is working out for me. It's because this is something, this is the place that I've wanted to be since, I mean, early on in my racing days. Maybe I didn't, you know, when I first started racing, I didn't dream of making it to NASCAR. I was just, I was just happy to be racing and wanted to race, right? So uh, eventually I realized, like, man, I really love stock cars, and I'd really love to drive them someday. Never thought I'd get the opportunity to, and the opportunities presented itself. So, uh, especially at this level, which is just unbelievable to me, but, uh, this is, this is where I want to be. So I'm going to do everything I can to, to make sure I can <laughs> have opportunities here, but, uh, you know, it takes a lot of other people too. So I'm, I'm really fortunate for, uh, really appreciative of everybody who's, who's supported me along the way and, and helped me to get to this point. Cause I definitely couldn't have done it alone. Well, Matt, like Zach said, back-to-back championships with the MCR Dwarf Cars. You already alluded that this may be part-time in 2024. I don't buy it for what it's worth. I don't buy it. 
you know, by well, we have to take him for his word until he proves right. proves to be a liar, right? right. <laughs> until what did what did they say? Oh, you weren't on the show last week, Rich. Uh, whomever it was, I was talking to you said, if you don't want to run for points, you don't start racing until June because then you're mathematically eliminated. So if, if if this kid unloads that five car any time in April or May, it's game on. Look out. And, and anyway, the whole point, Matt. What what are your plans for 2024? So, I actually, my whole motto in 2024 is we'll figure it out. Uh, I really, honestly, do not know. Um, and that's why I was kind of hesitant today talking to Zach. I'm like, I don't know if I should come on there. I like, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, much less in a month from now, you know. With the, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see it. We'll see it, Fly Rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you're darn right you will. I, I will find a way to get out there this year for sure. I love that place. You know, Rich, uh, Rich clearly has, uh, you know, expendable money. He's down in East Bay right now. You got to hit up him. Uh, he, he's the one that uh, supports all of our financial endeavors and horsepower happenings. Maybe we can get a horsepower happenings logo on that Andy car. Boom. That's, that's what Rich, I like to hear. Rich is just it. looking at me like, are you kidding me right now? My, my internet's going away. I, you guys just went crazy. Yeah. I can't hear anything you're saying. <laughs> are you guys uh, still there? I can't oh hear you. Oh, goodness. You know, Matt, uh, adding to this equation, somebody may say, how do you go back-to-back champion and then decide to go part-time? Um, you know, you kind of have a new, and I'm not putting any blame on this at all, but it's just everybody understands who's in this sport. Um, you know, you're recently married, and so you've got a family life now to think about, too. Is that playing into it at all? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you definitely, you know, it's 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 tough to balance. Last year, I mean, basically doing, you know, I was really fortunate to have a lot of people come out to the track, and I cannot thank everybody enough who did. Um, but... I mean, when, when it came to loading the car at the shop, doing all the work at the shop, I mean, I was pretty much on my own, and I ran 15 races at the at the dwarf level last year and drove probably 5,000 miles on my own, you know. I, I mean, plus doing the ARCA stuff and working full-time, that takes up 55 hours a week. So, I mean, it's like, it's it's just crazy trying to do all this, and the, and the time commitment that it all takes to go full-time is, uh, is really tough. But I, uh, man, I... It plays a, a big portion of it, but also the financial side of it too. And like you mentioned, with with the dwarf stuff and uh, the big car stuff, and um, it's just it, it all kind of makes sense, really, uh, just from a, a life standpoint to go part time for for all reasons, not necessarily just one over the other. Well, and 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 give us a little look into the family life. I mean, you know, you don't just find somebody on the street and get married. Obviously, uh, your beautiful wife knows what you do. What's her What's her thought on it? Just do whatever you want, or does she want you to keep going? <laughs> No, for sure. She's really supportive, and I'm really fortunate to have one that is because uh, I don't think we'd be at this point if she wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a little bit of a, I guess the word would be a sicko when it comes to racing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm really fortunate to have somebody who can support me a lot, and, um, you know, getting married to her was the best thing I ever did. And, so. and by the way, he said, you know, if there's a reason to celebrate, they do it at Taco Bell. Did you not propose to her in front of the bell? <laughs> Well, we we at least announced our engagement that okay, way. Okay, so you staged that picture. I got it. I <laughs> exactly. got it. What you got, Rich? Well, the guy driving by at the time did not know. I, he, he drove by. I have no idea who it was, but he yelled at the top of his lungs, you're my hero. Oh, so I was like, all awesome. right, I knew this was going to be a hit. So, yeah, no, it was a good deal. I think you should have actually engaged to her with like a sauce packet or something, uh, proposed to her <laughs> that way. I think that would have been fitting. What do you got, Rich? I, no, I was just going to ask, man, you know, it's two championships now, man. Um, I know you get supporters. Kind of let everybody else uh, know who got you to this point in 2023. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people. Um, but 
the first one that comes to mind is my buddy uh, Eddie over at ELH Detailing. Uh, one of the big things we've got coming out here pretty soon is that you can actually, uh, if you want to get your car detailed and you're anywhere around Bridgman, Michigan, uh, you can use you can pretty much just show up and or give them a call for a quote, uh, schedule a time to uh, to get get your vehicle detailed, and you mention my name or Matt Kemp Racing and get five percent off all year long. So uh, that's one of our cool things we're doing this year. And then additionally, um, you know, obviously Lake Michigan College was one of the first sponsors that came on, uh, which is really cool being an alumni there as well uh, to help me make my debut last year. Uh, PSS and C. Uh, the Midwest Classic Racers, everybody was super supportive of me going and doing that deal. You know, obviously with, uh, it's just it's just such a great club and there's so many great people and it, it's so cost effective. And I know I said the financial part of it is, and we kind of talked about it earlier, but I mean, it really is the cheapest way to go racing. Uh, and for as fast as you go, I mean, we were within a tenth of a second of the Outlaw Late Models at South Bend last year. And I mean, less than a tenth of a second away from being the fastest cars on the property, which was pretty amazing. So, uh, yeah, and, and uh, just off the top of my head, I know HM Outlaw Chassis, Hartford Speedway, um, All-Star Performance, and Lane Automotive, everybody who uh, everybody who helped out last year. I, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but uh, just kind of off the cuff right there. Well, Matt, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to watch you do this. Uh, we don't get to, I don't get to see the dwarfs very much. Rich does. Um, and I was just going to say, Rich, real quick, you've got to see these Dwarfs cars before at Flat Rock. For somebody who's never seen them before, we talked to Matt. Obviously, he's going to promote them because he's a two-time champion. What's your take on these cars, the on-track action that you see? And, and and it's not just Flat Rock. I mean, I've seen them elsewhere. I mean, they just put on a show, you know. Um, you know, I we watched, you know, Matt come from, you know, near the back and, and have to work his way all the way up front. And, and, and they do put on a show, and they, and they get good car counts. It's not six or seven of them showing up, and, and it's just, you know, just trying to get an extra division in there to fill out the night. These guys are, can be the show at a lot of the tracks they show up at, and, uh, and, and I enjoy watching them. I think they put on a heck of a show no matter where they go. And by the way, I'll give Eric a little plug here, Matt. Uh, if you want to put a, a door mark on that beautiful number five, they've got a rental car program. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's try to avoid the number five car in one of those rentals. But yeah, you definitely can. And there, I I set a track record in one of those. Not trying to glow, but I'm trying to you know push that rental program. They're great cars. You can yeah, go you're not getting a it. you're not getting a turd. You know, you're getting something that can compete. Exactly. Exactly. And don't judge a book by its cover either, because those things are, I mean, they're they're wicked fast. All right, love it. I do. I Zach, I do need that detailing company's number down here. If they got a, if they got a, if they got a outlet here down in Florida, because I have a rental car to return, and it's got quite a bit of East Bay Raceway on it. He said, if you're and, near the spot in Michigan, so you're gonna have to drive I, it. Oh, you're gonna have to drive it all the way to Michigan to get it detailed. And I'm not sure. Oh, they're gonna be really mad at me when yeah, I drop this thing off on Wednesday. They probably are. <laughs> Matt, man, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Um, I still don't buy it. I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Uh, February 12th, 2024, Matt Kemp runs a full season with MCR Dwarf Cars. I'm going to call it. Because uh, your buddy Doug is my brother-in-law, and he told me that. Uh -huh. And I told him. Uh -huh. I told him. Baloney. He's going to run a full season. And uh, so I'm just calling it right here. Matt, always a I'll pleasure, dude. racetrack, brother, so he understands it, Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. So always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for making time for us. Guys, it's been a blast. I really appreciate you having me, and hopefully we can do it again sometime. What a program, Rich France. Uh, season 6, Episode 2 in the books. And you, sir, look thirsty. 
I'm very thirsty, Zach. How, how did you know? Yeah, I just uh, had an idea. Uh, thank you for taking time off of, from your vacation uh, to help get us through this second episode of Horsepower Happenings. I want to say thanks to Phil, Greg Dahlman, Max Stambaugh, Matt Kemp uh, for uh, making time to be with us tonight. Rich, upcoming calendar is absolutely wacko if you're trying to keep up with everything that's going on during speed weeks. But I guess it is wor- worth noting um, a lot of guys down in Florida are headed to Florida for some 360 national action. Keith Shefford Jr., Danny Sams, among the drivers who are racing tonight at the time of this recording uh, with the High Limit Sprint Car Series. They'll be racing Tuesday night as well. Then Wednesday, you have 360 practice, and racing starts Thursday for the King of the 360s. Max Stambaugh is going to be there. We anticipate Phil Gressman to be there. Keith Shefford, Jason Blonde. Saw today Ryan Rule is loading up and heading down south um, with uh, After Hours Motorsports. So there's an indication of what he'll be doing in 2024. So there's going to be a lot of guys down south this year that we're going to keep an eye on. I was a week behind the boys, wasn't I? Just a week. Yeah, I thought about trying to get down there this week, but I couldn't make it happen. Yeah, you know, when, when there's races like this, you can plan like a year ahead of time and like a planned vacation type thing. I have a hard time planning the show like six hours ahead of time. So Yeah, I see I see that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we better get out of here. You need a drink. I need a drink. And uh, these people are tired to listen to this program. On behalf of Scott Manley, who pays the bills, Rich France, who drinks the martinis. I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.